Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Julius, and this is episode 166. Gotta roll, gotta roll with a player, roll player. And uh, thank you, thank you so much for that song, Albert. <laughs> it was it was my pleasure. I just felt there was a gap we needed to fill. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you at least kept it copyright free. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> not, that, not that anybody would want to take credit for it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hello, friends. Today we Hello. are going to be going on an adventure through the land of cartographers, a role-player adventure. And Albert seems to that's really right. be highlighting the fact that this is a role-player adventure, so I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Many people have associations with role player, the game, um, and it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> style of game, um, where you are rolling dice and trying to allocate the dice, and it's a mathy thinky game, and there are other games in the role player world, and I say world only because it sort of shares a similar card art and design so kind of like you know how there's the world of Islebound and that whole series by red raven games mm -hmm. so this is, shares a similar idea and dynamic between the different role player games and that they share similar mythos and they share similar uh art and so they they have the same style of art between them but they are very different types of games i'd say they're distinct from like valeria which are very similar type games because they're all card-driven games, small box, similar type of things. This one has very little to share with role-player or the new, the one that was recently on Kickstarter, role-player adventures, or the Euro lock-up game, which is also in the role-player world. They're all very different games. The only thing they really share between each other is just the card art and the world. And I have to say, I'm not sure that's necessarily a benefit that like I would continue to talk about. I honestly would have called this cartographers because there are many people who say, hey, I wasn't such a fan of role-players. I think I'll pass on this. And I'll tell you the honest truth. Mm -hmm. I was originally one of those people. I <laughs> see. And, and, you know, you make, you go in with certain expectations because of the theme. You go, oh, role player is a game with a dice rolling in and whatnot. And you do. You might be disappointed just because it doesn't meet your expectations, even if it's and a if fantastic the whole, game. And if the whole idea of calling a role player tale is because it shares that world, to tell you the honest truth, the world is so generic fantasy that you really fall down flat. Like if you're trying to emphasize that it's a world, like talk about the Gloomhaven world, the races there are very unique and very well developed and they're different than your classic Tolkien style with, with elves and trolls and orcs. This is elves and trolls and orcs. So maybe it's like there's a red one and there's, but there's like necromancers and dwarfs and, it's it's still generic fantasy like if you're trying to say it's a world like it's not a world it just happens to be the same card <laughs> art like you get to now reuse some of the same art from one to another mm -hmm. just, yep i stop doing that like this is psa for the for the developer and designer of the game mr mateka i'm a big fan of your games i've playtested for you before don't take this the wrong way stop calling it a role player game if it's not actually anything to do with role player you don't do okay. yourself a favor. You, you playtested uh, Bullfrogs, a role-player tale, right? I playtested role-player and playtested Bullfrogs, and I l really liked Bullfrogs. I thought role-player was an okay game, just I didn't do it for me. But 
like it's just not enough of a world that I feel you need to continue to call it like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be different after Roleplay Adventures comes out, which I'm honestly not getting for the same reason, but maybe who knows? But currently, it's just not enough of a world to be that special that you have to call it a roleplayer adventure. Anyway, yeah. that little rant aside, let's start talking about the actual game because I've spent now plenty of minutes just talking about the title. So I'm just going to call it Cartographers for the rest of this time. <laughs> talking about Cartographers. Hello, everyone. Let's talk about Cartographers. This is a roll and write game. Actually, it's a flip and write game because there's no dice. It's a randomize mm-hmm. and write game uh, where you are going yeah. to be... F- Which, just just to go into the previous rant, that, that annoys me because there's no rolling in this role-player game. So this is a randomize and write game where you are going to be flipping cards out of a deck of cards and they're going to be determining what type of area it is that you can now draw on your little gridded sheet uh, which are going to be used to determine how much points you get from one of four different scoring objectives. And you'll keep doing that until you've built up enough cards to be able to advance the next season, go through four seasons, and then you'll track how much points it is that you've gotten over the course of the game. And that is about the long and mm-hmm. short of it. Um, shall we go ahead and move on to the rules then, Albert? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So talking about the rules... Um, I think that we've had quite a string of these recently of games where we're saying, hey, it's already a pretty simple game, which means that the cards make it pretty easy. (laughs) I think this probably goes under a similar category. Hey, the game is pretty simple, Mm -hmm. so it makes the game pretty easy. The rules are not very long, which I suppose is a a positive for a game that is just a roll and write. It's not a very complicated game. There's not a whole ton of mechanics, but I think it's relatively well written out. I think that there is a plus for the fact that there are sets of different scoring cards that can come out of the course of the game. And the scoring cards themselves are relatively clear about how it is that you can score points for every single one. But they dedicated two pages in the rules for further explanation on how each of those cards can work. And I approve of that because that means it's very easy to, if, if it's not already clear enough, it's even clearer with a full explanation of the rule book. Um, I haven't personally needed to use it, although I've needed to use it to prove somebody else right. <laughs> um, or rather to prove somebody else wrong. Um, so <laughs> I think that's uh, I think it's nice that they have that there, and that's a good addition to the rulebook. I do wish there's a little bit of like in-world blurb for why it is that you get points for a specific thing. Um, and those are not very clear because they chose a very different... Um, very different type of font that they've used for it and that's not was not a good choice for readability Mm -hmm. like an italic font is it it's a light blue italic font oh yeah well you know it's only flavor text so it's not important i'll get back to why it may be important when we get into theme in a moment um okay One thing, though, that was actually an issue with the rules that I feel the rules should have been much clearer on. When you're setting up the game, I mentioned that there are these scoring cards. And so you'll pick four, so one from each of the different categories. There's four categories. You're picking one from each of the categories and laying them in front of an A, B, C, and D card. Mm -hmm. For the A, B, C, and D card, there's like a blob of ink in the corner of each card. And those blobs generally share a color with one of the different um, 
scoring types. So like one is green, which could match with forest. So the first time I set up the game, I assumed, well, you put the forest under the green A, the blue water under the blue B, the red mountains under the red C, and the, the adjacency one under the purple D. And I assumed that was how you're supposed to do it. The rules don't ever mention mm-hmm. that's not how you're supposed to do it. The rules never mention that you're supposed to do it that way. And unless you were seeing those color similarities, you would never think that's the way you're supposed to do it. But that probably means they probably shouldn't have picked those color schemes to continue. They should have picked a whole different set of colors like, I don't know, black, white, purple and violet. I have no idea. But mm-hmm. a whole and those colors shit. are just colors. Those colors are just colors. It's just there for pretty. It's not <laughs> meant to sync. And in fact, even if you look at the setup, I, I made the mistake. If you look at the setup, it's not in that configuration the sample setup sets it up in a different way so it's clearly not designed to be that way they just didn't think hey maybe we should use different colors when they already had these pretty colors oops Mm -hmm. this is definitely something that as a game designer and a developer you should always be careful trying not to reuse your colors between different game elements i see this error happen in a lot of different games and i think that it happened here as well Mm -hmm. yep so that is, I think that's all that's fit to print about the rules. Okay. Yeah. They, they, I read through them. They're pretty simple, pretty straightforward. I mean, well laid out examples of it and all that. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Let me talk about the theme. I don't get the theme for this at all. <laughs> to tell you the honest truth. <laughs> for some reason, like I understand it's neat that you are a cartographer. You are sent by the queen to go, um lay out the land and accurately map and the introduction says be careful because your claims are going to be contested so draw your lines carefully it says but it doesn't really ever explain why it is that the queen wants a specific type of land and how it is that you're fulfilling that like one of the scoring is you got to have a bunch of lakes have a bunch of different lakes (laughs) so let's say that i mean Obviously, this isn't happening, but you as a dude come out to this land. You're like, oh, we're just going to draw a lake here so that the queen's happier with my map. Never mind about the fact that there isn't actually a lake here. <laughs> the queen wants lakes. We shall draw a lake. Like, I'm, I'm a little confused about is this, <laughs> is this the idea that we're essentially gerrymandering for profit? Like, we're it making sure like to it. draw. I mean, she's a fickle queen. You know, she. Who knows what she wants or what she wants. It probably doesn't matter. She'll never see this land. Yeah, we're making sure to draw the, the map exactly how she likes it because if she doesn't, who knows what. I, yeah, it's, mm. it's special. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get the theme so much. I, I like the idea of being a cartographer because I will say that is not a theme I've seen before. But the idea of what's giving you points exactly is a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes we don't look at the theme too closely. Yeah, we just trust it. I think that <laughs> I think this is a prime example of don't think too close yeah. to the theme. M- much like Spring Meadow, when when you start thinking too much about it, you, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we came up with the perfect justification for Spring Meadow. Yeah, I'm not sure that was the designed theme, though. I think it was perfect. It was it was perfect. I liked it, but when I read back, I couldn't find anything about your you know references to being a god or. So I don't know. <laughs> Light themes. Anyway. Light themes. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to let's move on to components. 
the game comes mm-hmm. with a couple different pieces of components. Probably the coolest, prettiest component is the cards. I'd say that because that's mm-hmm. the definitely the part of the components that I think is the prettiest. The art on these cards are beautiful, and they really did not need to. They could have used much more plain art. For example, the scoring cards. The scoring cards are pure function. And they're not beautiful, but they are very clear and tell you exactly what you want to have from scoring cards, which I guess that's perfect for scoring cards. But the explore cards, the season cards, which entirely didn't need card art, it's an A and a B. The ambush cards, which over the course of the game at random times, monsters will come out. And I'll tell you more about the mechanics of the monsters later. But these things mm-hmm. are so, they, they are so well done with the art that, I'm very glad they put the extra effort into it and really made those cards look really nice when they did not need to. Yeah. Now, there's exactly four season cards, right? There are exactly four season cards, yes. Yeah, so you, they didn't even need four cards because all it is is all you really need is a little tiny table somewhere. You actually really don't even need the season cards yeah. because they could have and kind of do print that information on the bottom of the map sheets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody already has that, so it's just there for flavor it's just it, it does help keep the game clear because mm-hmm. then you know how long it is until the season is over because the way you can tell when the season is over each of the explore cards which are the cards that determine what type of area you are allowed to draw this turn has a number associated with it generally zero one or two and at the end of every turn you will count up how many numbers of explore cards have been played so far and if that number is equal to or in excess of the number printed on the season card then that's the end of the season mm-hmm. but that information could have but you could have done that just as easily as a little table at the bottom of your score of the map card you really could have yeah the map mm-hmm. totally could have so, so i do appreciate that and like you said it really has nice art mm-hmm. so you know they didn't have to put that much effort at all and they put a ton of effort to make the i mean there's not a whole lot of cards in the game so, I mean, that's 13 Explorer cards, four Ambush cards, and four Season cards. It's not a lot of art, oh. but the art in there is really well done. Fortunately, it's not exactly an expensive game, but I definitely think that the the beauty of the card art enhances the play. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the map sheets, there's 100 map sheets, and they provide replacements online, so it's easy to get map sheets. I'm glad that the map sheets have multicolors on them. It's not just a black and white map sheet, which would have cut down cost for the game. Um, they have blues and yellows and grays in addition to it, so it's a well-printed map sheet. Um, minor quibble with the map sheet. On the bottom, over the course of the game, you'll you'll get coins, and when you get a coin, you fill in one of the coin icons on the bottom, I kind of wish that the coin icons were there for hollow so you could easily fill them in. They're actually in a coin and you sort of have to black them in, um, which makes them hard to use. I've taken, personally, with the coins, I've taken to putting a big X over them when I've used them. The problem with that is about to become I've picked up an expansion, a mini expansion where you can spend coins you previously got in, in which case you're supposed to put an X over them. But I already started using X's, oh, so yeah. I may be in trouble. But that, you can figure that out. I mean, that's that's minor. I'll have to figure it? something out. But I, that's just a yeah. quibble that that bothered me, and it's more it only bothered me once I got the expansion. So, yeah, there you go. it's oh my gosh, you made this too aesthetically nice. I can't believe yeah. you did that. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah. think that a hollow circle would have been just fine. Yeah, it would have just worked. I think that would have been better Absolutely. if anything. 
anyway, um, that is that is all about the oh one other component is the pencils. And I mentioned this because if you're really a fan of this game, I do think you're probably going to get rid of the pencils. And I think that's <laughs> because of how I personally really like playing the game. And I think Albert will really agree with me on this one. Over the course of the game, you're going to be flipping over the cards. And it may tell you that you're supposed to build a village. And when you build a village, you're supposed to put a little house inside of it. Or it may be a body of water, in which case you put some little waves on it. Or it may be a field of wheat, in which case you put some diagonal lines. Or some trees. Or a monster. And all of these things can be done in black and white. But there are color schemes primarily associated with these things. Like the houses are <laughs> yeah. supposed to be red. And you can see when they do the full color ones, how it's supposed to look when it's in full color. I take a lot of yeah. joy about when I do this. I have a whole set of color pencils next to me and I am enjoying making a full color piece of art for my map that my map has, has big trees with greens and browns and yellow wheat stalks and purple monsters with haunting silver (laughs) eyes. And so like I have my colored pencils beside me. It's like different times I'll use different styles for how I'm going to represent the different types of areas and things like that and i enjoy that and i cannot imagine playing the game and enjoying it if i were not investing time especially solo in making this as much of an art project (laughs) where when i'm done with i'm like ah that looks nice (laughs) that looks like i I, i've enjoyed going through bgg looking at all the pictures that people have uploaded the score sheets and all the different styles you know Mm -hmm. different ways to draw it and fill it in i think at one point in time the designer had kind of pegged on to the idea that this is supposed to be an art project because i believe at one point in time they were like running a contest for people who wanted to submit pretty art versions of their final maps as i recall they were doing something like that and so Mm-hmm. I, I understand. I think that's neat. <laughs> the amount of time and effort people have put into these things is is pretty. And if you're, I would say, if you're getting the game, maybe try it once with just the pencils. But as soon as you can, get some gel pens or get some colored pencils, and just go wild. And especially on solo, I think you'll have a great time having fun drawing the maps and drawing the art on the game. Mm-hmm. Now, you could go to the publisher's website and buy colored pencils for the game. They actually sell them, like five or six different colors, with a little... They come in a cartographer's sleeve and everything. Oh, do they? <laughs> they do. It's just colored pencils. That's all they are. But That's still kind of neat that they do official ones. Yeah, yeah I is. just picked up a pack of colored pencils. I had not known that yeah. they do that. that would... Yep. You know, I I have... Um, what is the game that I have? Uh, Railroad Inc., mm-hmm. where you're drawing on a, on a map and you're drawing tracks and roads and water and stuff like that and i've tried to to make it interesting but that one you you uh the it brings like a dry erase boards to write on and dry erase markers and anything you do on it is just really fat and hard to read and smears easily so it ends up being very frustrating i think the difference between role play between uh not role player ink um between (laughs) your ink game train ink whatever railroad ink railroad ink thank you had an r word to it a uh, railroad ink um and this one is that with railroad ink it's not something where you can distinguish by colors it's only distinguishable by the shapes of them 
So is it making a turn or not making a turn? And if you have too much flourishes and art and stuff like that, you're going to really detract from the clarity of what it is that you're looking at. Whereas with this mm-hmm. one, uh, the water just has to be blue. And as long as you don't have blue elements in your houses, that your houses are primarily red, like as long as the house looks like generally house, like it doesn't matter. You can put in all sorts of arts and flourishes. You just have to have the primary color scheme match the way it's supposed to be. And then you can go wild. And it's a lot easier yep. to, to do cool stuff with your art with this one. Yep. I, see, and with Railroad Ink, I wish I had uh, two different colored dry erase markers because just differentiating between the tracks and the, the roads can sometimes be a little bit of, They're hard to draw. You do know that you can buy two colors. So f- yeah, I could invest in it. <laughs> but, eh. You are obviously it's, very different than me because I like investing in my games. <laughs> oh, I... I would. I, you should see the box I just made for my Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, a nice wooden go. box where I put the logo on top of the the nice ring emblem and everything. I spent like twenty hours making this thing. <laughs> I'm just I saying you're, you're allowed game. to buy a second, but not railroad ink. You, you can buy a second color of ink for railroad ink. <laughs> I might have a second color at home. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't even need to buy, it, but I'm not going to look for it. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, th- this game looks like it's a lot of fun because of the drawing. Mm-hmm. And I will say that's that is that is the most fun part. It really is the most fun part for me. I have not at all, other than with my kids, played it multiplayer. Um, mostly because mm. I got this only post the outbreak of coronavirus, so there's been no one else to play it oh, with. Yeah. <laughs> but this is probably pretty easy to play online because I mean, I could go and print out a score sheet a bit and then you know play what on zoom with you having the, the physical copy of the game if there were score sheets available that were easy to print off you could i certainly think you could you would only need to have one person have a deck of cards you can even like pass off a copy of a score sheet to a friend have them take it home and then have someone stream what cards are coming out and when you totally could mm-hmm. I'm, i completely agree with you um so <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it, it, this is this is a great game for social distancing. Maybe With just I, a little bit of effort. I haven't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't. Well, I don't do Zoom meetings and stuff either. I'm just. I certainly. I'm antisocial could. anyway. I right? certainly so. could, but I mean, we are a solo player podcast. I don't feel the need to take something that I'm having so much fun You're playing right. solo and try and do it over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. You're right. No need, but it is an option if somebody needed a to play with the family or something certainly true the... <laughs> all right and all of this has just been talking about the cheap pencils then cooling the box as part of the components let us continue yeah. to talk about the gameplay albert okay um a little bit more details on the gameplay so i was i've already talked about how you're flipping cards and you keep going through until you get all the way through in a full round there are the four different scoring points the scoring cards that are out so during one season you'll score a and b during a second season you'll score b and c and then c and d and then a and d so each scoring object is going to be scored twice but for example once you've scored b twice you'll never come back to it again so if your b cards are the ones that only let you do for example something regarding water after you've done scoring b you'll never want to put a single water icon on your board again Mm-hmm. so that can lead to some really interesting like, other than for a that does come around oh. other than a yes um but even okay. c like at the end when you get into after you've done fall you want to stop using whatever the c is 
but yes yep um so that is an that's an interesting thing which means that the game becomes extremely strategic uh, there's not a large deck of cards, so you can kind of start learning how to predict what's going to be coming up and where stuff might be and how many more turns you might get. Um, and it becomes really easy. Like when you have good successes, it's very easy to tie your successes into intelligent play of being able to accurately predict how you were going to build something to best match up with what your point scoring opportunities were because they're all laid out in front of you. It's not completely a roll of a die you have a lot of control over where you're going to be putting the cards which is which is a lot of fun i see yeah and and because the the deck of cards that you're adventuring through is pretty small it's it's easy enough to predict it right it's not Mm -hmm. it doesn't become hard and just totally random Um, so there's definitely an opportunity for for planning ahead right and you're going to see many of those cards many games i think you i think yeah it's hard to say that because Every season, you'll reshuffle the deck of Explore cards. Um, mm-hmm. So you may see the same exact cards over and over again, or you may see all 16 cards over the course of the game. No real way to say. So, Okay. But you will and start so you're drawing, that. you said that they tend to be zero, one, or 2 time things on the cards. So, so on average, you're going to see about 8 cards, I guess? It definitely. I say on average in the first season, yes. Uh, oh, first season, okay. But then, like, the last season, it's only a four, I believe, or five. Okay. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't remember gotcha. off the top. So, so you may see eight the first season, a different eight the next season. Now you've gone through the whole deck, and then the rest might repeat. Potentially, theoretically. It's definitely possible. No. Okay. So that means that it's it feels highly strategic. And if you've listened to me talk about it, games that make me feel like I'm smart are the type of games that I will continue to play. <laughs> this game makes me feel smart, so I really like it. It doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot of brain power. It's short. It takes less than 30 minutes or so to play. Um, if you were, I mean, unless you're, I'll say it takes less than 30 minutes minus extraneous time taken doing pretty art. <laughs> because I'm taking time to a pretty art, it probably <laughs> takes like 45 or more minutes. But mm-hmm. like if I'm just trying to do a quick game, which all that just means that the actual game itself is short. So it's not a high intensity brain, brain hurt type of thing, but it's a game where I definitely feel like I am highly connected my points to what it is that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a strategy coloring book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One downside, because you do see most of the cards, is kind of the replayability. Now then, there are the scoring cards. There's 16 scoring cards, and you'll only see four in a given game. Most of those scoring cards are tied to like different ways of ordering the different types of things. But I think that because they're all similar mechanics about just put this either near or far from somewhere things like that i do think that at one point in time replayability does start to get hurt um because all the terrains are similar it's all similar type things it's it's the same basic idea you don't really feel like you're pursuing a whole different strategy the different scoring types they're not really very different it's not like the difference between like 
Wizard Academy, for example, has their different scenarios. The different scenarios are wildly different about what you're going to do because you may be building up a whole mm-hmm. fence or you may just be following around one guy and solving a bunch of tactical issues. Those feel wildly different. These feel generally the same. It's just <laughs> get some sort of thing either next to or not next to other things. And because of that, I feel like replayability does get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. You could, you could give yourself little challenges. I could see something like that working where you can say, I'm going to make this map sort of look like the, the English countryside. And so I'm going to have mountains over here in the west and a river in the right. I don't know. You could you could I try and add challenges like that to yourself. I mean, I haven't Seems really tricky. needed to. I haven't really needed well, to, yeah. to. For me personally, and I've played the game about a dozen times or more, I haven't really needed to. I'm still very much enjoying the game. I don't think that the game is like boring or old for me. I'm more just seeing that as a, as a potential source of issue and something that I just want to call yeah. out for listeners. For me, it's not much of an issue. I definitely don't think it's going to be much of an issue going forward because there is an expansion that's going to be coming to Kickstarter soon. Cartographers, I think it's Cartographers Heroes. Um, yes, and it's a standalone expansion. Just a standalone expansion, um, which means you can either mix it in or you can buy it by itself. And so I think that was even more help with the replayability having all of that new stuff coming out which cool excellent sounds fun mm-hmm. um that is about the replayability one other aspect that i want to talk about is the difference between solo and multiplayer with many other roll and write games there is not a lot of interactivity it is a multiplayer solo game because you are just trying to race with the other player and get the most points among everyone on the team with this one you very much are messing with the other player because i mentioned there are the ambush cards that are laid out in the deck and there's one that's added every season when an ambush comes up in the multiplayer game the player to your the the player across from your, to your left right whichever way um will draw a monster anywhere on your board that they want and then for every space that is adjacent to a monster and not filled in you lose a point every scoring so you're encouraged as an evil player to put it somewhere that's annoying to fill in and then as a player you want to make sure that you fill it all in when you're playing mm-hmm. solo it becomes, I suppose, you can't do such things because there's not more players. When you're playing solo, you have to, there's an icon on the board, on the card rather, which tells you which corner you start looking from. And then the first available spot that you can put the monster in, you have to put the monster there. So number choices will give you worse or best, which means that a couple of times like a monster has come out and be like, phew, that one goes there. That's going to be a really easy one to fix. And so I, I've thought a couple of times that like if I were playing another another solo game where many many times I've played solo games and it's I'm playing two handed where I'm trying each hand to do the best they possibly can. I was trying to hurt myself if I were trying mm-hmm. to do that. With this one, I'm not trying to hurt myself. I'm trying to follow the rules exactly as written, which means that a couple of times I'm like, this is not a problem at all. We have just yeah. entirely avoided this ambush. The way they make, but but the nice thing is it it takes the thinking out of it. It sounds like that's pretty quick because e- even though you have to look for the best spot, I bet you it's pretty easy to tell. It's not even that you have to look for the best spot. You have to look for the for the first available spot. And yes, it's the easy first. To tell. You have to find the first available spot. And you could probably just spot it you, most of the time. You can't just spot most of the time. And even if like you see like, hey, this spot fits, and then you're like, oh, wait a second, I realize there's another spot. Oh well, who cares? Not that big of a deal. And and, and to be clear, when you're saying you're trying to see where it fits, the the monsters that you draw, they got a place are uh, 
Again, like multi-square pieces, sort of like polyonimals that you would have to fit, right? You say, oh, this monster takes three squares in a straight line or, or yeah. it's an L-shape or an X or whatever. Something like that, sort of like a polyomino, except some of the time is that they're not connected, so like they're in a the diagonal. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, sort of like a polyomino. Yeah. Um, the reason why they do that in solitaire is because the challenge in solitaire is that each of the scoring cards has sort of a score threshold for it. And at the end of the game, you total up your points and then subtract points equal to the total amount of score thresholds present of the scoring cards, which may mean you need like 60 points or you get negative points already off the bat. And your goal over the course Mm -hmm. of the game is to just get positive points, which sort of was a funny thing for me because the first time I played the game, I got like 40 points. And I even went through (laughs) and I was like, hey, I, I did this really well. Like I got... I had a great one this time. And then I haven't actually gotten very many positive points since then. So that was but far oh. away. My best score was just the first time. So very much beginner's <laughs> luck. Maybe you made a mistake somewhere at 40 sounds like. Is 40 a high score? It was a really, it was a ridiculously high score. And I went through and checked <laughs> because it was my first game. So I was making sure to check all the rules after I did it. And I finished it off. I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't mess anything up. And to this day, I don't think I've messed anything up. I think I just got super <laughs> lucky about how things came out because the one that I got a ton of points off of was the C one, which was you have to fill in whole rows and columns. Um, mm-hmm. And I managed to do a whole bunch of points off of that and just very much ran away with the game because of oh, it. Okay. So I don't know. I think I just got really, really lucky and it just turned out perfect for me. Well, nice. Well, now you got something to attain. It's just to, to beat your first score ever. Yeah. One <laughs> one advantage of having everything beyond a unique map at the end is that if you keep them all, you can very easily look back and see how much points you've gotten all across all time. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got a bunch of these, you could then use them to, to populate your world of role player to the different places your characters could visit. You know, you maybe could if you were buying role player adventures. <laughs> yeah. S- still not doing that. F- no. <laughs> I like this. I like the the idea of drawing the maps. I figured you really would. I felt like the drawing a map mm-hmm. thing would definitely be something that would entice you, you solo role-playing game person. Now, you know what? I've seen this at the game store before, and I've, I dismissed it because of the box cover. I don't know what it is about it, but I don't like the look of it. You're saying because it's, it's an the... old man on a picture? Not just the old man. I don't know. Just the way he looks. Just in the guy and the background and the colors. To me, it just seemed like a dull game. So I ignored it. Did not seem fun in any way. I completely hear where you're coming from because it very much is the classic Euro-looking cover. It's an old man on a box sort of looking at you. Yeah. It's, I guess I could just make that just another Euro game. Yeah. It's not another, another Euro game. You should Euro. go pick it up. <laughs> Even if it is a Euro game, it might be fantastic. But, you know, I just I saw the cover and I dismissed it. I think that they should erase the role player's tail. Um, and then I think that's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but I who's the little guy? Is he just another race? He's the map making race. I don't really know. Oh, like I said, it's generic. It's it's God. generic theme. <laughs> it's it's just there. That's the guy. Yeah. See, I want to make a map like in the picture, and I guess you totally can, like on that cover. Yeah, you totally could. Because there, it's all little squares, and you know, there's there's stuff on the squares. You totally could. The only hmm. problem is that guy's drawing exactly as it is in real life, so the queen's not going to give him very much points. 
He needs to learn to gerrymander. Well, you're not, you're not sure of that. I mean, he's looking off to the side. We can't tell what he's drawing. He's got to gerrymander better. He, he might be, you know. Uh, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at the map, and it doesn't quite match. I noticed the river doesn't quite go around the right way, and then the mountain isn't there. So <laughs> I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> He's a gerrymander. So, okay, so it's a neat-looking game, and it sounds fun, and it's a small game. You said it plays about 30 to 45 minutes. Depends on how much time it takes in the art. Yeah, 20 to 45 minutes, yep. even. I could definitely go the through The number of players time. doesn't really make the game last any longer. It sounds like if you're playing six people, it'd still be about the same. That's oh, Not really. Well, I guess, yeah. Six people would take the exact same. I was going to say, because then you have to figure out who to hand it to, but it's actually relatively simple. So, yeah, one, two, infinite. Mm-hmm. Just as long as you have enough playing cards or playing maps. Yep. How much does it bring? Like a pack of 50 or something like that? A pack of 100 in the box. And it's $5 for another pack. Oh, okay. So you could get more. Nice. Yep, yep. That always bugs me about rolling right games that I know one day go through all of them and then run out. Nope. They have more available on their website and on the BGG store, I believe. Wow. That was some loud thunder here. <laughs> did you hear that? I did not. I wonder if it came. Okay. Well, I guess it wasn't that loud. <laughs> so that is Cartographers. I give it a big thumbs up. I'm very much enjoying this game. Nice. And I highly recommend it for all our solo player friends out there. I think it's I a lot of check, fun. I might check it out. Actually, there, there's a couple things you didn't mention. You, you mentioned you got a, a mini expansion for it. But what what's that about? There are a couple mini expansions that are out. There's one mini expansion, which is... Uh, extra ambush cards, which is just extra replayability for the ambush cards that you can randomize more about what type of ambush cards comes out. And there's also a skills expansion, um, which it's it's the exact same card art from the role player game, except that the skills have been redone to be skills that you can spend some of the coins you've got into draw extra stuff or do something different on your map or things like that. Mm. I have not used okay. the skills expansion. I immediately started using the ambush expansion. Okay. So the, the ambush, you felt like you needed more monster types? Uh, it was a lot more fun having the new monster types, yes. Uh, Especially okay. the, the the biggest reason for that is because if you see all three, then you know what the... Uh, I knew at that point in time what the last one was, and I could already say that's going to go right there. Like, let's give it a hole and it won't even be an issue. As soon as it comes out, it's done. Mm, So mm -hmm. there was a certain amount of that that was going on. Having the extra four in there meant I had no clue what the fourth one would be. Yeah. So that I felt was extremely important to have. Not that you know it's even ever going to show up because it may not. It may not show up. That's true. Most of the time I got, usually I'm getting three ambushes in a game. Often enough, I got four. But even when I'm down to the last two, and I always already know like which corner it's going to be in even, then I know which corner I should sort of have a hole available for and things like that. And what shape hole you need. Yeah. yeah. So that's just a matter that like you, you do it enough times, so you know what the ambush cards are. Having the four mm-hmm. extra ones means you have no clue. Yeah. You've narrowed it down to, to four possible, five possibilities, I guess, but... Yeah, still. That's that's too <laughs> that's too many possibilities because at that point in time it could still almost literally be any corner. Yeah, any corner, and too many shapes to come. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So I definitely think that it's it's 
almost a necessary expansion for Solo. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not necessarily until you game? played a dozen games. How much is this game? I don't know. One moment, let me <laughs> find out. It's not much. Probably twenty bucks or something. I'm guessing. I don't know. I mean, just assuming because it's a rolling, right? That sounds about. It's got cards. I don't know. I'm going to choose not to say anything until I actually have information, rather than making guesses. <laughs> Checking on miniature market. So well it's for selling for eighteen dollars. Hi for all you Jews out there. Okay. And so, so yeah, so probably that maybe a little more depending where you go. Friendly local game stores probably more. Retail maybe price 25. is twenty five. Yeah. Okay. So between eighteen and twenty five is a expected price. Very much worth it, I think, for that price. Mm-hmm. But Albert, I think that we are going over time. We're almost at forty minutes. Oh wow! Okay. Well, then let's end it here. Everybody, Albert, can uh, you roll us to I a close? <laughs> roll player. All right, I'm done. That's how we rolled. <laughs> Good night, all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The OnePlayer Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.